back to the regular exclusive podcast with your hosts, Jace and Renee, as always. And um, before we jump into the weirdness of Infinity Pool and then this other Cronenberg movie, Possessor, uh, there was some news that popped up that I wanted to uh, throw at you in case you didn't hear. They have casted Superman for the upcoming James Gunn Superman movie. And it's David Cornsweat, Cornsweat, I think. He didn't pick a new last name when he started acting. I don't know. Cornsweat? That can't I be right. have only seen him in Pearl as the projectionist. Oh, oh, that's who he is. Okay. I saw that this was announced and I did not know who he was. So I was like, <laughs> okay. But I mean, he looks like Clark Kent slash Superman. So I thought that was good. And they cast Lois Lane, right? Yeah, it's um, it's Rachel Brosnahan. Yeah, Brosnahan from Marvelous Miss Maisel. You must be excited about that. Oh, so excited! (laughs) And so I, I was curious: have they announced anything else for the movie? Any other casting? I mean, some other things. Um, but the main question now is who's going to be Lex Luthor? Yeah, obviously he's the villain always. Yeah, the. The the top three right now is pretty interesting. We have Sexy Skarsgård, Alexander himself, also Ooh. in Infinity Pool. And then his brother, Scary Skarsgård. Scary Sexy Skarsgård. Yeah. He's got Come that, on. That, he's got that like fear boner effect. Yeah. Oh, he's, I'm scared of how much I'm turned on by him. <laughs> but the so before I tell you the third. I wanted okay. us to talk about these two because is it Stellan Skarsgård? No, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just it's, assuming it's going to be another one of them Skarsgårds. There is like was, the youngest one, Gustav, right? Yeah, Could I call him. him uh, yeah, no, it's not him. Um, but between these two, I mean, who do you think? Bill Skarsgård. Bill Skarsgård. I'm sure so, Alexander would do a great job, but I don't think I'd ever get over seeing him with the shaved head. So that's my thing. I don't know if either of these guys can pull off a shaved head. Bill can, and it would be creepier. I mean, so like, I would have definitely thought Bill because Bill has that natural kind of scary intimidationness to him. But then also like after seeing um, like Barbarian, he has a real charm to him also that he can mm-hmm. turn on, which I thought oh, yeah. would be good. Um, but then after seeing alexander skarsgård in the in the last season of succession like he plays this very intimidating person and i was like oh you really you really pull this off so but i I don't know if either of them can pull off the shaved head that's that's the thing i just don't know is there any instance in the comics where lex Luthor does not have a shaved head the only thing i know of is when they had jesse eisenberg playing with that fucking god awful long hair in the first <laughs> batman versus superman or whatever the fuck that movie was uh comics i don't know i never actually read the comics but maybe in flashbacks like yeah i well, mean he, he even had a shaved head in smallville okay <laughs> like, so then yeah exactly that's what i'm saying it's just like a part of him so yeah i think bill would be able to pull it off better but i don't know I think so, it'd be disappointing, unfortunately, to see either of them as bald. I'm like, their hair is so beautiful. But <laughs> Bill, it would definitely make him look creepier. And if that's a villain, that's probably what they're going for. So the third name on this list, I actually think could pull off the bald look. And I actually think he might be my favorite pick. Is it The Rock? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Sorry, I felt like you were leading me there. <laughs> that, <laughs> Who is that? Oh, that? That was that was good. Um, our you. boy Nicholas Holt. Really, I heard he was in the running for Superman. Oh no, they casted Superman. Well, I know that, but I mean before. So then he just popped over to the villain too. I don't know. It could be um could be a, a Tom Hiddleston thing. Like Tom Hiddleston originally. Oh, right. Uh, he originally uh, tried to be Thor, and they're like, "Let's have you be a bad guy." <laughs> what was he thinking? That like, oh yeah, I could totally pull off the Thunder God. It's like, come on, dude. <laughs> no offense, but you are no Chris Hemsworth. That's yeah, exactly he... the kind of guy who should go. Maybe I could play Thor. <laughs> it's like got a solid fifty pounds on you, so I yeah. Don't know. Like I feel like you're thinking way too much of yourself. Either way, <laughs> that is interesting. Nicholas Holt could pull it off. He could yeah. definitely pull off the bald. I think he could pull off the villain. I'd be interested. Mm -hmm. Honestly, any of those guys sounds good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're all, all the scars guards are talented. Throw any of them in there. They'd be great. Maybe <laughs> throw all of them in there as the same person. Ooh. You know, and they just uh, have some reason they change how they look slightly. You know, a little imaginarium Dr. Parnassus kind of thing. Yeah. Or they could have that Black Widow tech that, like, apparently only she has that, like, you can use, a, like, a stupid, like, CGI mask and it makes you look exactly like another person. Why don't all the humans use that shit all the time? Anyways. Uh, that, that goes back to Mission Impossible because that was where you first got the, the mask. Did they do over. that? Okay. That, was, that was, like, the first thing and you got famous. And it's like, why don't they just use this constantly? <laughs> yeah, I'd be using that all the time. Like, I'm like, I was literally just watching The Secret Invasion. And I'm like, what the fuck is Nick Fury doing walking around in, in like, Russia? I'm like, he sticks out like a sore thumb. Like, of course, and everyone knows who he is. He should be disguising himself all the time. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's get into <laughs> into Infinity Pool. I don't understand why we're doing this. We barely know these people. It's one day. Let's mix things up a bit. You're just happy you found your fan club. I've been waiting six years for your second book. Is it coming out soon? I'm working on it. What do you do for money then? You married rich. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I actually came here looking for inspiration. All right, so today we're focusing on two movies by Brandon Cronenberg, who is son of David Great. Cronenberg. <laughs> I feel like Cronenberg has got to be like one of the most like recognizable names. Like yeah. even if even if you've never seen a David Cronenberg movie, like you've heard Cronenberg. I mean, hell, even uh, Rick and Morty. There's a whole mm -hmm. episode where like one of the universes goes crazy and the, the creature all the people turn into these creatures and then they're they literally say it's a cronenberg this whole world has become a cronenberg <laughs> oh god that's scary i cronenberg david cronenberg has such a legacy that like imagine being his son and being like i'm gonna be a filmmaker like oh great now i only have like the biggest shoes to fill I would say like cronenberg's up there with like david lynch as like the masters of weird unsettling cinema like they yeah. just they do it in a way that nobody else does. Like Cronenberg yeah. was a bit more in the horror scape as like he had a lot more graphic stuff and like a lot more body horror, especially. But a lot of like the combination of like organic and inorganic and like technology and stuff. So it does fit with like what Brandon Cronenberg. I mean, 
it sounds, I mean, just from watching these two movies, you might think he was only raised on Cronenberg movies because like, <laughs> it seems like he's just not fallen that far from the tree. He has his own way and unique spin on things, but I would say definitely like, I don't know if it's passed down genetically, but there is a lot of like the Cronenberg style here, the signature yeah. Cronenberg style. Well, and I know that you've seen more Cronenberg stuff than I have. Would you say that, um, would you say that like the fly is probably what he's most known for? I would say, yeah, that one. Um, a lot of people probably know. Actually, I don't know if they know that he directed it, um, but he did a Stephen King adaptation, The Dead Zone with Christopher mm -hmm. Walken, where he like has psychic visions of things that are going to happen. Um, and he has to like stop a politician. It's like not it does not seem like a Cronenberg movie at all, but it's really, really good. Um, but the other movies like Scanners, uh, Dead Ringers, uh, that one I think is like Jeremy Irons playing twins. There's like and he had James Spader and Crash. He had I mean, he's just worked with so many people and done so many crazy movies. Of, and they're all like original works, mostly, except for like The Fly, I feel like. Most of his stuff is original, like stories that he writes as well. Yeah. So that's what's super cool. But I would say, yeah, probably most people recognize him from the Fly uh, remake with Jeff Goldblum in the 80s. Yeah. Well, and then the weird thing with with David Cronenberg is that it's like he met Hugo Weaving and is just like, I'm going to take a break from all this body horror stuff. Because then like, then he did just a series of, totally different movies with Hugo Weaving or sorry, not Hugo Weaving, um, Viggo Mortensen. Sorry. I was sorry. wondering about this. I was like, wait, when, what movie did he do with Hugo Weaving? <laughs> sorry. Two people with awesome names. Yeah, um, <laughs> good call. And from Lord of the Rings anyway. Yeah. But yeah, like he did the history of violence. Uh, and, and then like he directed Eastern promises, which is like, yeah, which is probably uh, Viggo Mortensen's best performance i mean i know aragorn's incredible but eastern promises is he was he was nominated for that and then uh, i think that was a daniel day lewis year so yeah mm -hmm. what, what can you do yeah um but yeah it's like he's just like i'm gonna take a pause on all of uh, all this weird body horror shit and yeah. do some dramatic you know violent mafia movies <laughs> yeah and then he goes back and does Crimes of the Future, which just came out last year. And that was just, I think that was a pretty good return to form in terms of body horror and weird that, shit, but it was incredible. That was one of the weirdest movies I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think I'm just phased because like a couple years ago, David Lynch did The Return on TV, The Twin Peaks, The Return. And that mm. shit has some of they just gave him full, complete control. So it's got the weirdest things I've ever seen on a TV show or a movie <laughs> ever. But this comes, I would say, Crimes of the Future and then like Infinity Pool Possessor. They definitely could get close. Yeah. And so, yeah, then we get to to Brandon Cronenberg, which, yeah, like talk about big shoes to fill. He did. He's only done like three feature length movies. Mm -hmm. One, the first one was like back in 2012 and then he just went on to do a bunch of like music videos mm -hmm. and then he came back into feature length with a 2020 movie called possessor which great year to release a movie as we know mm -hmm. <laughs> and then infinity pool and the you can definitely see that like this guy was raised by a filmmaker just from his style of yep. these movies even if mm -hmm. you like don't like these movies 
you uh, you can see the style and the skill, the skill into, yeah. into the filmmaking. Hundred percent. Yeah, I think that that's like a big part of it is that like he's got really interesting shots. Like the, I would say a lot of it's very abstract, similar to like his dad, but it does seem a bit like more sexual. I know that like David Cronenberg is also very sexual, but like at least for me, like some of these movies, I'm like, they get very, very sexual. So maybe he's just yes. continuing that trend and saying like, I got to one up him. But uh <laughs> But I do think it's interesting, the idea of the father-son. It plays a lot into Infinity Pool, but I'm sure that that's like something that's part of what he's getting at with like all of the different, you know, messages in his movies. But but yeah. I do think like it's he's doing something really unique. And I love that like, I mean, I think he's he's stepped out and shown that he has legit skills and it's not just a copy of his dad, basically. With these only three movies, I think that he's done that. Totally. Right. Yeah, like he is in the yeah, in these two movies that we've seen, he definitely you can see the uh the uh inspiration of his yeah. dad, but like it it's not something that just is throughout the whole movie. Like it's exactly. very it much like, a rip I'm, off. it's like I'm doing my own thing. Like I'm yeah, not gonna hide where I came from, mm -hmm. but like I'm doing my own thing here. Yeah, well, he's interested in like different pieces of it. But I, I do think one piece of trivia that I thought was entertaining comparing both of them was that Infinity Pool made more money in its first week than Crimes of the Future did in its entire theatrical run. <laughs> so I guess son has beaten father, at least money wise, <laughs> which is pretty funny. Well, maybe maybe that's just an indication that uh, leave the sexual stuff to, to Brandon Cronenberg. Yeah. And uh, David, you just stick to whatever other weird thing you do. <laughs> Sex surgery. Yeah. Nobody was really into that as much. <laughs> give me this plain old sex. Give me Mia Goth and sex scenes. I'm all there for it. <laughs> all right. Well, that's as good of a reason as ever to switch over. And let's talk about Infinity Pool. Now, before we like totally dive into into the Infinity Pool, I guess I could say mm, is nice. after watching these two movies, um, if any other streaming service, um, calling you out HBO, if anybody wants to uh, have their own competitive anthology, weird sci-fi anthology like Black Mirror, um, just hire Brandon Cronenberg to yeah. do it. Like I'm, both of these totally movies feel like Black Mirror kind mm -hmm. of stories. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. I almost feel like it's funny after, especially after like having seen um, the White Lotus, I finally watched both seasons of that. And I feel like this show is like Black Mirror by way of White Lotus, like <laughs> or maybe the White Lotus by way of Black Mirror. I'm not sure. But either way, it feels like a nice little mashup of both of those. Yeah. It's obviously a lot darker than any of the murders on the White Lotus. But <laughs> I mean, it's the same thing with the beautiful location and some fucked up shit happening. It's always a good combination, basically. I haven't watched The White Lotus, but uh, is there any um, any surprise jerk offs that happen on the beach? Yes. <laughs> I don't know about surprise jerk offs, um, but there is a lot of sex stuff. So, OK, I'm sure I've seen worse. I just can't specifically recall. <laughs> well, I mean, sexy Scarsgard looked pretty surprised. I mean, he was peeing and then 
Mia Goth is like, here, I'll help you shake it. And then turns out she was really good at shaking. So that was like a pretty like out like crazy scene. Apparently that was like part of the thing they had to edit down to get an NC-17 because they had the like prosthetic penis in the shot originally, like and showing it coming. And they like had to, they showed that it can and then they had to cut it out. <laughs> but I was like, really? But they still showed the semen dropping onto the sand. So you still get a little bit of that, I guess. But I was just like, damn, this bitch just comes out of fucking nowhere. And he's just like so horrified afterwards. But I'm like, is he horrified or is he also like, wow, I really liked that. <laughs> It was funny watching that scene and like watching his expression. Like he looked like scared, but then also like kind of got into it, you know, obviously. But like it was funny. It was like, you know, this scene very easily could have been edited to be like she's holding him up at gunpoint. But then yeah. like, like, nope, nope. We're going to make sure everyone knows <laughs> exactly yeah. what is, is happening. Sending fucking signals all over the place. <laughs> I don't really know how to pick up anything that she's putting down in this movie, except for to say, I saw a comment on Reddit about Mia Goth and they said, my sexual orientation is Mia Goth on the hood of a car insulting me while drinking wine and eating fried chicken and i was like yep i'm right there with you buddy she's all over the place but i can't get enough of it oh that is <laughs> that's some next level kink like shaming kink that was some good shit though i mean this movie's just like yeah it, it is very much like i guess it, but it has more of the black mirror stuff with like more of the technology aspect yeah, of like yeah, abusing yeah. technology in our relationship with like not even specifically technology, because I guess in the movie they kind of hint that these people are more spiritual and that's why they're able to clone people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I like that they don't get into all that, though, because like I feel like that's a typical movie that would like waste too much time explaining the whole process. And like, I don't I don't think that's as interesting. I want to see how everyone deals with it and yeah. it affects everyone. Yeah, it's humanity's response to to that stuff. Yeah. So it felt I very Black Mirror with that whole aspect of like, what would you do though? Like, how would that feel? This whole situation is very much like a very long Black Mirror episode. It really makes yeah. you think like one too. Yeah. So one thing that this movie did, and this is like the very beginning, um, it was incredibly effective. I'm not someone who really like gets motion sick or like feels like disoriented by things, but the opening bit with the camera spinning Mm, yeah i was like whoa that this is this is affecting me like i know i've never experienced that in a movie before yeah no i agree i felt the same thing just rewatching. i was like damn that part still gets me though like i'm like whoa i can't look at that too much or so i'm gonna puke like i do feel like i'm like all of a sudden i'm dizzy well like sarah was was watching it with me but she was on her phone and like when that scene started going on, I was like, babe, do not look at the screen. You will get motion sick. Cause like, she's, she gets very motion sick. I'm yeah, like, good do call. Not look at the screen until I tell you there's nothing weird or bad happening. It's just the camera is doing flips and doing it flips. is really effective. Like swoopy flips. So it's like, Whoa, like I can <laughs> yeah. feel, it feels like it felt like being on the pirate ship roller coaster ride, which is my <laughs> least favorite thing in the world. So yeah, it was uh, very effective. I was like, all right, this needs to stop. <laughs> That's enough. It looks really cool, but like, I can't, I can't take it. So this movie is, is very bizarre. Mm -hmm. I wanted to ask you like, like, what did you think of this movie? Like, 
did you like it? Did you love it? Are you not sure? Are you still processing? Like, <laughs> Well, I've seen this movie twice now, which I recommend. I think it really helped to like read a little bit more about it because like, I think the ending is where people are like, maybe not sure exactly what's going on. There's a lot of different theories that are fun, but mm. I was reading about Brandon Cronenberg talking about the movie and saying that like, he felt like, I think he said he was inspired by a trip he took to Dominican Republic where it was like they bust you around in the middle of the night so you can't see all the bad shit around there. They have like barbed wire fences around the fake like little town around the resort and oh. like all the shit. And he just felt like the disgusting contrast between like how like they present themselves. But really, it's like an impoverished nation. It's like he just thought that that would be a great part to or a great location for a story. And then I think from there, it really set him into a story about people who are not operating with conventional consequences and how that mm -hmm. works when you abuse that power, because it's like, it's just the way that they're using this shit. It's like, of course, rich people would abuse a cloning power because this, I mean, it's an interesting concept that basically in this other country for their tourists, whatever shit, if you're rich enough, you can buy a clone of yourself and then that will be take your place and be murdered by the victim's firstborn son. So yeah. Like, Jesus. And so they do that a few times and it's extremely effective. Like, I, I really enjoy that part because it shows you like like the clones, like you can't tell, like, is that the real one or like, is he sitting up there, you know, because you have yeah. to watch yourself. It's pretty weird. I'm I'm very intrigued by like the the ideas it's putting forward. Mm -hmm. And I think it's like it's very interesting to me. I don't know. I don't think I fully got it until I like had to like kind of think about it, process it afterwards for sure. But what about you? What did you think? Uh I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I know that I didn't hate it. Um, I know that there was a bunch of stuff in there that I'm like, that is really like really good very skillful um mm -hmm. but there was so much that like i think i'm still a little in shock of it mm -hmm. <laughs> like you know yeah it, i get like it what, like one thing that i loved like i'm not sure who i would actually recommend this movie to like it's hard to like, recommend for sure like if they like me a goth probably okay yeah it's because like yeah, if you've seen pearl like i feel like it's not that much of a leap it's weirder yeah. for sure but the yeah. But yeah like it's one of those movies that like if i ever hear someone randomly say i watched this movie infinity pool i'd be like can we talk about this like yeah, like nobody i know is gonna watch this movie. Yeah. like this is a very niche kind of group of people who like like yeah. horror sci-fi basically i would mm. say that's more of the flavor here but it's also like a lot of people criticize because they thought this movie was really slow Mm -hmm. and i thought like it kind of is but i just felt like the first like especially the first third like all the way leading up to the accident where he actually runs over the guy yeah. i thought it was like really tense like there was a lot of tension and i just didn't know what was gonna happen that was one thing that stuck out to me is that this movie like the entire movie felt like i felt very unsettled mm -hmm. like it was very tense like yeah like the and you mentioned it earlier like the contrast of like beautiful like something beautiful landscapes and all this stuff and then like yeah you see the barbed wire fence and gate or like they are driving along this it's gorgeous like coast but it's being it's behind this really eerie music 
Mm-hmm. And then like they get to the beach and it's like this beautiful beach. And then there's like a destroyed car in the background. <laughs> like, yeah, it's this whole, like, I, I can't like, I feel very uncomfortable with everything that's going yeah on. i agree and it's like it's weird because i think maybe another thing too is that people aren't sure how to feel about Skarsgård in the movie because like i think he's an amazing actor but like he's such like and not as a person like his character in this movie is such a pathetic loser i love it mm-hmm. i think he plays it perfectly and it's like kind of hard to imagine a man that beautiful being that much of a fucking loser but he really yeah. does nail it And I think that's what, like, for me, I felt like this story was really great as in, like, everyone probably has that internal dialogue with themselves of, like, do I have talent? Am I good at anything? Do I have value? And it's, like, this whole movie, he's desperate for everyone to confirm his, like, that he is talented and that he is valuable and that he is something worth something. And then at Mm -hmm. the end, it's, like, the fact that like they were just playing with him, they brought him down to their level and let out his animal urges. And like, he's learned a lot of stuff, but it felt to me like by the end, he's like, I can't go home. Like his regular life's ruined, but also he's like, these people were just like using him as a toy. And did he really learn anything valuable? No. And he doesn't have any value. He's learned by the end is he's nothing. So it's like, he's just depressed. and doesn't even move on. It's like very, It's very dark, but it is like it's kind of similar to Possessor in the way of that. It's interesting. I think he's interested. Cronenberg is interested in finding out like what happens when people let go of everything and like just touch base with their animal instinct or animal urges like your natural shit and like what that looks like. Because that's kind of a lot of the plot of Possessor is that chick finally being able to connect to herself that way and let go of everything else. Yeah. It just works thought, out better for her, I guess, kind of in a weird way than it does for Skarsgård. <laughs> That's really yeah. all. <laughs> I thought it was really interesting that they full on like address the question of are you the original or are you the double? Like I was mm-hmm. thinking in my head, like I was typing my notes. I'm like, oh, I bet I bet the originals are the ones that die and then the doubles keep going. And then like then they like ask that question. I'm like, oh, so that's this isn't like a mystery. Like, yeah, they're actually going to talk about this. And that made it way more interesting. And I think like where my head's at kind of with it is I really enjoyed like the first half, Mm -hmm. you know, seeing the, the cloning and like them explaining that whole thing. And then they do it again. And And that is even more effective. I was really tricked thinking like, oh shit, they're fucked now. Cause it like makes it seem like, oh shit, they're not going to let them just keep fucking shit up and getting killed or getting to kill their clones. Yeah. And then it like pulls out and they're like clapping at the like performance. Like way to go. And you're like, wow, these people, what the fuck? But like, I guess it's just hard to relate. Like, how would you feel if you like did something horrible, but then like you lived and watched yourself, get punished for it and die and then you get like your little urn it's like it's almost like they like it right they love it they think it feels powerful i mean first off neither of us are that level of wealth to even i don't know jace consequences (laughs) no but if there were i don't think i would still do it i don't i'd still be too scared of the question that that guy raises of do you ever worry about like what if that was the original and you're just the clone it mm. does feel like that's kind of what Brandon Cronenberg's asking, though, about like his dad. Like, is he just a clone of his father or is he like a yeah. clone that 
is now like valuable by bringing something different to the table, yeah. you know? Yeah. It, it, yeah, there is a lot of stuff about, I, I did feel like watching this, that there was a lot of like Brandon's own kind of thoughts in this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like more so than like in, in possessor. Like, yeah. Much, and like, I mean, the main guy's a writer. Yeah. And, and it's like his dad. Feel is a like writer, he can live up writer. to anything. Yeah. Yeah. Or is it's it all just... true. And then, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was saying, well, it's like his wife, his wife makes some very awful comments throughout this movie. Like, yeah, but like good whole, for like, her. She just got the thing. fuck out of here. Yeah. Yes. I know. She, you could tell. I'm like, okay, this bitch isn't very happy. <laughs> like, oh, I just married the first unsuccessful writer I met. Great. I was also thinking now when you just were talking about that, like this whole autobiographical kind of thing where Cronenberg's putting some of him. Maybe that's why Skarsgård liked it because he also had to deal with that with his dad being super famous and well known as an actor. I mean, I'm sure all the Skarsgårds have had to deal that not only with their dad, but also now their older siblings. Mm -hmm. Like they're just growing, making whoever else comes it's next. It's hard living in daddy Skarsgård's shadow. Yeah, I mean, I bet. So it's just interesting. Like, do they have it's like they're probably both like attracted to that idea of like, do we have our own talent to back up why we're here and what we're doing? Or is it just tied to our fathers and like we're really worth nothing? We're just a shell. Yeah. Nice, right? Yeah, that, that All is nice. connected. <laughs> well, <laughs> the, and and the, the thing that I was thinking of... Um, like after we kind of learn the cloning stuff and then they really start to do a lot of the cloning towards yeah. the end, I was like, this is like the prestige with a lot of sex. <laughs> yep. Actually, somebody literally said it's like the prestige mixed with like white Lotus. And then mm. they were like the prestige with like lots of dicks and like tits. And it was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Cause like there's so many clones and then that kind of gets horrific with the whole clone idea. Like, how do you know if you're the right one? Yeah. It is very, it's always a part, that's always got to be a part of the thing with the clones, but it's interesting to see that, like, it's more of, like, how it affects all of them. Because, like, the wife obviously didn't get a clone made, but, like, mm. she's, like, horrified by the whole ritual when they have to watch it, and then they're, like, oh, it's like, if they were, if they were able to be jerking off, I have a feeling they would be, you know? Uh, I mean, maybe they are allowed to, I don't know, maybe they're really <laughs> holding off, but I just feel like those guys would want to be jerking off. Um, I want to talk about Mia Goth. Yes, please. Her is that her actual accent? It's close to it. Her actual <laughs> accent is like even higher pitched, if you can believe it. <laughs> it's insane. Her voice is so high pitched and like British like that. She's so cute. It's like it's so weird though, because I'm just used to like X and Pearl and like hearing like her American accent. Yeah, like it. It took me a minute to get used to it because it's so different. Like in X, she has like this Southern draw uh -huh. and then in Pearl, Southern draw, but a little more like high pitch energy. Like she's really incredible with accents. And yeah. then in this one, she's like a cartoon. <laughs> like, oh, no, her real voice is a cartoon. This is actually like brought down to like make it more normal. It's crazy. <laughs> I love that, though. I mean, I think that it's cool how she can change her voice so well, but. And that she still did change it a little bit. It reminds me of Robert Pattinson, where he said that, like, even if he's asked to do a British accent, he won't just do his normal voice because then he's like, then it's just me as the character. Like, he'll yeah. always do a slightly different British accent or something. So it kind of feels like that's what she's doing here. 
Um, but I'm just like, I feel like a lot of people probably saw this movie because of her. Like she's mm-hmm. now a draw for me in the way that like, if I see that she's in it, like I will watch a movie just because of her. And this was immediately after Pearl. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, people Riding love the Pearl. Wave. Like, yeah. She's bringing the insanity just like Pearl in this movie, just a totally different level and very different. But like, as always, she's bringing it, turning it she, up all the way to 11. She is eye-fucking Alexander Skarsgård the, the entire be, movie. <laughs> Who wouldn't be? She's just smart. That's what that is. He's gorgeous. I, and that's my one gripe with him is that he's way too beautiful to be a writer. If he's that beautiful, he's going to be an actor or a model or a singer or something. Like you don't okay. just waste that beauty fucking sitting in at home writing by yourself. There's just no okay. way. Okay. Okay, person whose favorite Johnny Depp movie is Secret Window. I understand, but this is like trying to be a lot more serious than Secret Window is. That's all. I'm just saying. And apparently Robert Pattinson was offered the role first, which even hotter to me. So maybe you could, you know, I don't know. Weirdly, I could see Robert Pattinson in that lead role. <laughs> yeah, me too. And I'm surprised he passed, but maybe he was like, oh, you know, a Batman. I don't know. <laughs> Can't do no. it. I'm Batman. Now he's like, I'm the Batman. That's it. But um, but yeah, no, I I think Mia Goth is just like that's how big of a draw she is now, and she's always bringing it no matter what she's doing. I just want to know what her and Alexander Skarsgård's reaction was when they read the breastfeeding scene. Yes, that like, was. Uh, I mean, it's like he's basically being born again, right? Yeah, and needs the, the comfort of his. Obviously, there. <laughs> I mean, obviously, but you're like, yeah, it's like a very. I mean, he can breastfeed me anytime he wants to, or I'll <laughs> breastfeed him whenever he wants to. But like, it's got to be an awkward day. The way that he does it, it's like he's a child. But I think the best scene in the movie is as because of Mia Goth, and it's the when she's trying to get him James off the bus, and <laughs> she's just yelling like Jamesy. Like the way that she's doing it, it's like she holds her like she's like James. Like she's so annoying. Like she really nails how annoying. Yeah. Her. Like the way that she's doing it, it's just perfect. And then the following scene when she's he's walking in front of the car and she's just reading his bad reviews to him, <laughs> like <laughs> drinking wine and eating fried chicken and just talking mad shit. It's so <laughs> good. She's incredible. This whole time we've been laughing at you. You're just a bit of fun for us on our vacation. And such a terrible driver. I can't believe you ran that guy over, James. Do you remember that? We thought we'd have to get you into trouble. Turns out you're such an idiot, you did it yourself. I think my favorite like line in the entire movie is when she... I, I do love the, um, the her ability is failing naturally. Her whole that commercial bit. I did love that. That was great. But I think my favorite line was when she has the the gun, the bus at gunpoint and she insults James by calling him a bedwetter. Yeah. I was like, can you imagine being held up at gunpoint and then the person calling you a bedwetter? <laughs> like... I 
I mean, also, it sounds like it could be like a 12-year-old kid out there, the way that her voice is so high. So you never know. It kind of fits, honestly. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, I mean, she's just so ridiculous. I'm glad that he finally just gets up. Like, as much as I'm sure he does not want to, he's like, <laughs> fuck it. Like, I don't want all these people, I guess, to die. Because, like, when she says, I'll come and shoot and, like... You gotta believe her, man. It's insane that one scene with when they go to attack the guy who like arrested them and they break into his house, and like she fires that gun when it's like they're all in a gunfight and yeah. she's like firing like five she's times and her screaming. eyes are just so wide and she's screaming. I'm like, how do you do that? That's crazy. Everybody has to close their eyes or like wince. She's like, my eyes are fine. I see everything. <laughs> it's just like a lot. I mean, yeah. I love it though. It's perfect for this movie. Like she really fits the vibe, or maybe she sets the vibe. Honestly, because yeah, uh, I I think she drives this movie. Like Alexander Skarsgård is like so he's so like subdued the whole movie until like at the end, know, the I guess third act, like when he's yeah. like doing the drugs and screaming and like eating those cherries out of that jar. Like yeah, gross. <laughs> I I, th I thought that was great. But yeah, like. Mia Goth is just she's the one who's just like you're gonna you're gonna keep watching this I'm gonna keep you engaged you don't know what I'm gonna do next <laughs> I know uh, that's the one thing with her you literally never guess what she's about to do at any moment but um did you guess the fact like when he they had him beat up that guy with the hood on and they told him it was the the guy who would arrest them or whatever and really it was his self when they pulled the mask off I thought it was gonna be M. I thought Ooh. it was going to be the wife. Yeah, that would have been fucked. <laughs> yeah. She but seems yeah, like to have they... just bounced out of there at the right time. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> like when they pulled it off and it was him, I was like, oh. Because yeah, like the, their whole thing that they're trying to do is to get him literally to kill his old self mm -hmm. and like become something new. <laughs> yeah, to really get back to being like, to figure out who the fuck he is. And I think it's just like a downer for him because when he finds out who he really is, it's not that great. It's like, maybe yeah. I could have had that mystery for a little bit longer. It might've been a little easier to get by. <laughs> so I, yeah, it's like they wanted to bring him down to that level and see what happens when he ends up getting what he wants. And like, he just doesn't get anything out of it anymore. It's like, he doesn't want that, but he can't go back to his old life. So he's just stuck yeah. in the middle now. In the Unsatisfied rainy wallowing. Or some people think that the real him gets on the plane and like that's another clone or vice versa that like a clone goes back and the real him stays behind or vice versa. When, but, yeah. When, yeah. When I watched, I thought that he went back, but then there was a, a double left. Yeah. But like, I don't, it really could be anything. It could, it could be. That's the, but that's the cool thing is I'm not worried as much about those details. It's more, it's like, it's fun to, kind of think about it but it's like not necessarily as much about the technology as to like the way that we use it mm -hmm. and like how that can be like used against us and like I just think the cloning also was like a big way to look at like the most literal form of like looking inwards at yourself and figuring out who you are like the most literal interpretation of that is like a clone of you <laughs> yeah. so I think like him fighting himself the dog version at the end was really great I did wonder if uh, if if Alexander Skarsgård uh, maybe called up Channing Tatum to get some get some ideas from This Is the End when he's like in the gimp <laughs> he suit. He did look good on that leash, did he not? 
I thought yeah. he did. He looked like a natural. I was like, I could see more of this. That was uh, pretty damn hot. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, let's let's talk about the the less sexual, slightly less sexual. Yeah. Brandon Cronenberg movie, uh, Possessor. The results are normal. Anything you want to flag? No. No, I'm fine. Mom! Hi, darling. How was your trip? Dull. Extraordinarily dull. Our next contract's a big one. The target is the CEO of the largest operation in the U.S., You'll be binding to Colin Tate. We can't afford any mistakes on this one. Ready? All right, so Possessor came out in 2020. And so it's probably safe to say that no one saw this movie in theaters. Probably um, not. Who knows how long it's been out on streaming and how many people seen it. So just in case, here's the basic plot. Um, people will hire this company to do assassinations. And so somebody will actually take possess another person and they will do the whole assassination through that person. And then that person that's possessed then has to die in order to sever the connection. And then the, uh, the person piloting the, the body goes back into their mind. The true the hitman. Yeah. It's a very black mirror kind of plot. Also. Yeah. It's like get out, but with hitman hitman <laughs> instead of like racist white people, <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, they yeah. technically the main chick is white, but, and she and, isn't a black woman in the very beginning. So <laughs> it's really close guys. Just saying. <laughs> Uh, interesting but, concept though and spin on it like you had me watch looper recently and i was like yeah. that's a fun twist on the hitman thing yeah there's only so much you can do with that and i i like that this one was like oh yeah well like you know how like a demon would possess a person what if we just possess a person that way and then we perform a hit so then that person looks like they're the guilty one it's really smart how do you combat yeah. that like <laughs> this is supposed to be obviously an alternate future or like year that we're not in. So yeah. like, cause we don't have this technology, but like, so like how the fuck would you ever catch that shit? <laughs> Unless yeah. you really know what you're looking for. You're not going to be able to make sense of any of the weird clues that you'll find. Yeah. That was one thing. It's like, so this is obviously not a, a company that's, you know, putting out commercials. They're not a public company now. So like, I would imagine not. How, how are people finding this? Yeah, we're, there's some crazy ass dark web that I'm sure I'll never figure out. But that must be how this happens. Because, yeah, how the fuck do you even know about it if no one's supposed to know about it? <laughs> Either way, though, I thought it was interesting. It kind of had a little similar style, I think, with all the colors and stuff. It reminded me of Mandy. And maybe that's also because it was the main actress. But she mm. looks really good in that really artsy kind of light and like style. Yeah. <laughs> it, like it really works with her, the, like with her face watching this um after infinity pool this was the movie that i was like the brandon cronenberg should do a whole black mirror kind of show like this was the one like and then i was like oh infinity pool would kind of fit in that also but like this was the one where i'm like really can, we, can we get six episodes of just different stories by yeah. brandon cronenberg <laughs> it's really fascinating this whole idea and like i really love the fact that like 
it's like normally it's like it goes off without a hitch, but and that the the hitman, uh, it's Andrea Riseborough, I should mention, is the actress, and she's like dealing with like wanting to still be a part of her husband and son's life. And that like her boss, Jennifer Jason Lee, always I always think of her as Daisy Domergue now from <laughs> uh Hateful Eight, but she was great oh, yeah. as the boss. I thought it was interesting. There was two women. I thought that was cool. Probably like I feel like I don't watch a lot of Hitman movies, but like that felt unique. It's pretty male dominated. Yeah, I would imagine. Um, and so it was cool to see her. And then the fact that she's like really cold blooded, like you'd be a lot better if you didn't have your family around. And it's like, well, fuck, like that's <laughs> kind of a dark thing to say. And then it's even creepier because it's like. I mean, who knows? I mean, it sounds like she's only spending a few days at a time in this other person's body, but like you're getting access to their memories. So like she has to do like a test afterwards to like remember her own stuff. And then she's like acting to practice her lines before she goes home and sees her family. Yeah. Like, like you're like, okay, this chick is really disconnected from reality. Like I couldn't even imagine how she would ever even have a family. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Like this just seems like the job that you would never be able to have a family. Well, so, you said that like they have access to their memories. That was a question I had. Do they have access to her memories? Cause or to, to the people they're hosting, do they have access to their memories? Cause it seemed, it felt like they, they don't. That's why she like is stalking them and like watching them. Cause she's like kind of doing method acting, like researching right. her role. I guess you're right. I, I misspoke. Th that was more of like when he was able to take back control from her and he was oh. having, he was getting access to her memories. So you're right. They didn't really do that, but it is probably like I imagine some physiological thing going on with like your brain fusing to theirs or whatever the fuck it would be. Obviously, I'm not a scientist, but let me, let me, it just let seems me, like uh, it would be a fucked up situation mentally. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I'll tell you what the the scariest thing in this entire movie is that fucking doll that the kid shows yeah. her. That <laughs> was scarier than Megan. I was like, that was what Megan should have looked like. That shit is nightmare inducing. Oh my God. When it danced, I was like, please, I would throw, I would burn that thing I, and cleanse the house afterwards. That was very upsetting. <laughs> but yeah, like, that was like the most, this one was a little bit more gory though. Don't you think than yeah. infinity pool? Like there was some violent, like also Sean Bean popping up and his like getting attacked with the fire. Was it a fire poker in his face? Yeah, fire that poker in the mouth that and then so in disturbing. the eye. Yeah. And like getting the, it like when she pulled it out of his mouth, it like popped and like all of his teeth popped teeth, out. I was yeah. like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> I will say I was shocked that he broke the streak of not like he dies and everything else. So biggest surprise of the movie. At least I mean, lives. he kind of counts because like, I bet you he fucking wishes he was dead after that. <laughs> yeah. That was fucking brutal. But yeah, I was very shocked. I thought he was for sure a goner. <laughs> and I really liked Christopher Abbott, the main guy that like she gets into yeah. for like the main port part of the plot, and then she can't bring him to kill himself for some yeah. reason. I really liked. Do you do you recognize him from Girls? No, he was like Marnie's boyfriend in the beginning that like was always around that she was like secretly hated, but like, and he was so oh. like, annoying. And then later he's like super hot, and then he left the show because he's like a really good actor and started doing his own thing and. Either way, he's great in this. I really liked him. Yeah, he was really good, especially in the in the third act, like when when he's taking back control yes. and stuff. Um, I loved the possessing sequence. 
like where it's like she melts like it looked super practical like she yeah. melts and then like reforms as him like it's obviously not literally what's happening but it's like that's what her mind is doing it's like her mind is melting and then going yep. into him but i thought that the whole sequence was really cool and like really practical it like says, the effects were really were really good oh 100 percent. brandon cronenberg said that he used as much practical as possible thanks to like this one guy that he worked with who's like super talented and like helped him so like they did obviously add special effects but like minimal so it was mm -hmm. all focused on being practical which is awesome as you like we both if anyone's listening we obviously <laughs> love that but i think it's like a fascinating thing when like obviously i know it saves money but i just think adding a little uh, extra special effects to something mostly practical makes such a difference yeah well and then also like i was amazed at how smooth remember when they're doing the pulsing calibration mm. towards the end like he smashes her face mm -hmm. i was like that transition from like her face to then him smashing obviously not her face but a practical effect i was like that was so smooth like yeah. there wasn't a cut of like something else like on the wall or something yeah and then her face and then he smashes it. it was like he had her hands like on her eyes and then without the camera moving like he smashes it. I was like, that was so smooth. That was really cool looking. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, I was like, I should be more disturbed by this. But it's like, I know it's not really your face. And then he puts it on in that terrifying mask. I was like, yeah. oh, my God, that's going to be something I see at night for the rest of my life. That face was horrifying. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> that was really disturbing. A funny but thing. All the psychic stuff between them was really cool. And like. That one part when they're trying to like recalibrate her and she's still in him and then he like slowly walks over behind yeah. and then like just gets on her and starts choking. I was like, oh, that's good. I always am like curious how they're going to do a visual representation of that kind of stuff because it's really hard, I would imagine, yeah. to come up with that. But they did it in a really, really simple way that was effective. Yeah. And it, between between this and Infinity Pool, it's very clear that Brandon Cronenberg likes the strobe light uh, like vision sequence thing. Yes, that's a big <laughs> thing when people are having visions or tripping out and like the sex scene in Infinity Pool, which is like kind of hot, but then really disturbing a lot of the time. And I'm like, I just can't watch. <laughs> I know like horrible things are like intermixed. It, it kind of feels like he's like he grew up watching like the Willy Wonka with Gene Wilder when they're like going through the tunnel and there's all those creepy like flashing images <laughs> everywhere and they're like really neon colors. But then it's like, oh, God, that's a bunch of worms like on the screen, like gross, just like weird, nasty shit. And you're like, wow, like it, it, it's a great kind of contrast with the bright colors. So, yeah, it works. It's very effective. This movie, it like has me thinking a lot about who's possessing who throughout the movie. Mm -hmm. you know because totally. like with the way that it ends and like her saying like you did all those things like i'm like did he do those things or are you just trying to get in his head now to, right to to do what you want him to do because you can't do it like it seems like she wanted him to kill the husband because yeah. she couldn't kill him and then she also but it was like when he was doing it it would like show her doing it too and like with the son which also i was like that was like a pretty good kid death i was when they shot his fucking face off that was pretty good yeah. i was like well, bold move i like it i was like i mean she fired how many shots into her son and then shot him in the head i was like wow she really doesn't like this kid 
Well, and then then the kid says, "Pull me out." Yeah, and, and then, you're like, "What?" And then it's the, the boss. boss that's controlling the kid. I'm like, "Has the boss been doing this the whole time?" Like, right? Good question. <laughs> Jennifer Jason Lee, and then she's all like, at the end, "Well, now you you can be a really great, you know, assassin. Now you have no family. That worked out well." It's like, yeah. oh, it? it sounds like you probably orchestrated all this. <laughs> Seems like that bitch was up to something. Like she was trying to take that family out, right? Yeah, but it was interesting that way where it's kind of a happy ending. That's what I was meaning earlier. Like, it's kind of a happy ending for her because she gets like, you know, they they show at the beginning when she's going through her personal effects and having memory that she has a butterfly that she killed and mounted when she was a kid and she keeps it because she feels guilty about it still. And at the end, she like looks at it and says that it's hers. But then she doesn't say that she's guilty. So it's like she's now the ultimate killer. (laughs) (laughs) God, what a terrible life. I don't think I could handle that shit. The whole like memory test with her stuff. It reminded me a lot of Inception with mm-hmm. the totems. Yeah, you got like, I mean, it sounds like when you're doing this medical metaphysical shit, you got to have something that keeps you back to, to Earth. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like she's mixing things up or like saying the wrong things. And you're like, yeah, it'd be very, very interesting how that would all get mixed up in your head and like mm. how that would affect you for so long. It's like, yeah, I can't imagine you can do that for many years. Like, that seems like a lot of strain. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I was, I mean, it, actually I, that I, probably answers the question of like, I don't think it was the boss the whole time. Cause she was saying she can't really handle it anymore. So she's probably not doing it the whole movie or she would have died. Or maybe she just can't do it for three days at a time. Maybe that's it. But wow. she obviously secretly implanted that shit in the kid. Yeah. Well, maybe that was just a fail safe just in case. <laughs> Who knows? But I was like, that was some fucked up shit. I was thinking that maybe the reason why things started to go wrong is because they did do an Inception thing because they essentially did VR and then inside of VR because like she's inside his head and then he goes to work and then he puts on the VR headset and then like he's looking at stuff. He's like, yeah. Too deep, too too many layers. <laughs> That's true. They were way too far down, and then you just go to the infinity pool, right? <laughs> or maybe it was the seeing vag. Oh, there was, yeah, that was a shocker. <laughs> and I was like, when you just said that there was less sex in this one, I'm like, I don't know. There was still a lot of sex. <laughs> there was still quite a bit of sex. No problem, though. We are not people that hate sex. I'm perfectly happy with all the sex. We watch the idol. Okay, we can handle it. <laughs> <laughs> The sex was not senseless. <laughs> no, the violence uh, wasn't even. It was all very purposeful and very beautiful. Lots of red, really bright red. He does love bright red. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a classic color for blood. It like makes me think of different movies that always go like Tarantino or like Scorsese always go with that bright red. Yeah. Or it's like you have those movies like Sin City or The Spirit, mm-hmm. where there's no colors except for the red. Yeah. The red is always, especially if there's a lot of blood, you got to really make it special blood because we see a lot of blood these days. We're used to it. We're phased. <laughs> All right. We're done talking about Cronenberg. Ta- we're done talking about any Cronenbergs. We're going to take for a little now. break. Find our humanity again. Yeah, we've been through a lot of like existential crises and crises in both of those movies. So it's time to like just hang out with a stone cold pack of weirdos and have a fucking blast. Yeah. So 
there's a movie that just came onto Netflix, and it's one of the greatest comedies of all time. We're Bride's talking oh, Bridesmaids. No, Thank you're you. good. <laughs> you always ask me to say it, though. That's true. Maybe I was just that excited to to say it. But uh, we're talking Bridesmaids, one of the funniest movies that's ever been made. It's got an all-star cast like... Kristen Wiig, Melissa McCarthy, Maya Rudolph, um, <laughs> fucking Rose Byrne. <laughs> yeah, it, it's incredible. And we're going to go through all of it. There's so much to talk about with this movie. I mean... Honestly, we could just play clips for the entire thing, but we're not going to do that. No. <laughs> we'll play a few, but we're going to just have a blast. And also, it's it's summertime, you know? Just want to laugh and have a good time. This is the movie to do it. So This is the perfect movie to do that. So let's just hopefully great. not go to some weird Greek place with some bad meat beforehand. <laughs> uh, well, um, that's everything for next week uh if you are following along with final destination we are on the final the last destination final yep. destination five before you know whatever they put out the sixth one so um yeah head over to Can't youtube believe for it. That. <laughs> but uh yeah till next week have a good one and we will see you on the regular exclusive podcast don't forget to like and subscribe we out here